When people come here, sometimes they're very sedentary. As they get moving, almost like the Tin Man getting lubricated in the Wizard of Oz, they start to feel more mobility and they start to get a little bit more adventurous. And maybe the idea comes to mind, hey, maybe we could try this again. As their heart starts becoming stronger and they start feeling better in their own skin, some of that libido or that desire comes back. We see like a rebirth of the younger days. From the Pritikin Longevity Center in Miami, Florida, welcome to the Healthier Everyday Podcast, where we talk about your health, your fitness, your mindset, the food you eat, and putting it all together to create an amazing lifestyle. In this episode, Dr. Danine Fruget, Pritikin's medical director, and Frank Musumeci, Pritikin's biomechanical and musculoskeletal director, talk about healthy relationships and intimacy. They talk about the physical changes people experience when aging and how to maintain sexual health throughout the different phases of life. So enjoy today's episode and don't forget to like and subscribe. I'm very excited about this topic because it's often not addressed in the doctor's office and it's a very important part of people's wellness and their day-to-day -day life as well as some of their concerns about the future, especially as we're in our aging bodies and you hear about people um, having limitations and oftentimes people don't even want to talk about this subject with their loved one because they feel awkward about it because nobody wants to be the first one to get older. Uh, so uh, I think Frank um, has a great uh, opportunity here to teach people um, real practical ways that they can navigate those changes as they get older in a way that doesn't hurt, in a way that's really successful. It's a great opportunity. I'm excited about having it. I would say the dots connect very well because what I talk about is a subset of the human condition and wellness. My subset is a very narrow part of the pie, but it is structure, orthopedic. Orthopedics can have a lot of effects on your quality of life, your ability to exercise, your ability to recreate, and your activities of daily living. Now, activities of daily living, people think of it just taking care of themselves. But as we all know, hopefully, mm -hmm. activities of daily living include having an enjoyable sex life with your partner, right? So many of the people that I see, they're compromised in that regard because of structural reasons. So what I'd like to talk about today is some of the diagnoses that can afflict people that can stop them from wanting to have sex based on pain, the fact that they could be on pain medications that can affect their desire or their ability, and also the fact that people who are structurally struggling, typically their metabolic life follows, right? So people with orthopedic problems are typically not doing a lot of cardiovascular wellness because maybe they have a bad back, maybe they have two swollen knees. So in essence, the cardiovascular decline is something Dr. Fruget could obviously talk about much better because it's above my pay scale. But what I do know is this, they're declining, they're structurally declining, which is causing a metabolic and cardiorespiratory one, which I believe has some effect on people's abilities to have sex. Would that be accurate? Sure, um, people get fatigued for one thing, and sometimes they're not comfortable in their own body for being attractive. Uh, if they're overweight, they might feel um, that they're not able to get as close as they would like to get. Um, they also could be really tired from physical reasons. And that means they could fall asleep, not have as much, um, not have as much interest. This is an issue that I get asked all the time uh, around the menopause years. They'll say, doctor, when am I going to care again? I really like my partner. 
I really like everything about it, but I just feel nothing, physically nothing. And that's where we go back to the brain being the most important part of the sexual experience. And uh, we're going to go into that a little bit more uh, within, you know, our program today. Um, the, the idea of how stress affects you, like he said, medications, all these things really, it's really a lot of uh, complexity that goes into the whole experience of, of romance and how you enjoy uh, each other. You know, and two of the things you spoke about are things you and I had spoken about before. And one of them was this. If you remember, we were talking about the human condition. And one of the things we're talking about here is this. We give a class here. I give two classes that are based on posture. Everything from the foot biomechanics, the knee, the hip, the back, the shoulder, the neck. Now, posture has a lot of variables in the equation here. Number one, what we were talking about was even attraction, laws of attraction, right? So in essence, people with better posture are typically more desirable to some other potential suitor, then it would be someone who's got a gravity collapse posture, right? So that right off the bat, you have to think about it that way. Number two, postural collapse often includes thoracic kyphosis, right? So thoracic kyphosis, forward head, is decreased lung volume capacity, which brings us right back to cardiovascular limitations, okay? <clears throat> Number three is this, Dr. Fruji just talked about something a moment ago, that based on people's size and subsequent geometric changes to their body, they may have a hard time even being able to have sex in the way that they know to, right? Mm -hmm. And for my back pain patients or people like that, one of the things we talk about is being that this is biomechanics, we might tell them, listen, um, when we're setting up an exercise program, we want them to be well. But the other part of it is this, we don't want them to get re-injured based on poor ergonomics. So we may even tell them that the use of say an exercise table, a massage table can be something ergonomically can allow people who in other ways of thinking could not really have sex based on the geometric changes or should they say, the size of their bodies, but with the table they can. And this also pertains to our back pain patients where we can continue to observe orthopedic contraindications by having the positions changed and maybe just making some of those suggestions that people can help them in that regard. And when people come here, sometimes they're very sedentary. I know you've seen that, that this might be the first time that they actually have gotten out of the chair for a while. And as they get moving, almost like the Tin Man getting lubricated in the Wizard of Oz, um, they start to feel more mobility and they start to get a little bit more adventurous. And maybe the idea comes to mind, hey, maybe we could try this again. And as their heart starts becoming stronger and they start feeling better in their own skin, they start being interested and some of that libido or that desire comes back. And as they do that, um, we see almost like a rebirth of the younger days and people remark all the time. I know you've heard this. I hear it almost every week here at Pritik and it's, it's an amazing uh, place to work because you hear people say, huh, I didn't know I could feel this good at my age. <laughs> or they'll say, wow, I remember how this used to feel. I, I didn't really realize we could get to this place again. And so what you do and what the food does and the whole experience of being in a place away from the rat race of your regular life and you're here in a place that's beautiful you're relaxed it's um you're you're basically breaking down barriers but it's easy because it's fun you're around other people in the same situation there's no shame here this is just a very nurturing place and this is a natural expression of you know a person's personality is you know having sex and you know, <clears throat> to that point, 
Um, I think when people feel better structurally and have eliminated, obviously, the food toxicities that they talk about so much here. In my case, my narrow sphere is to talk about exercise contraindications that oftentimes are causing back pain. They're actually iatrogenic. In other words, they're trying to get well, but they're actually getting worse. And in essence, you see that a lot. So what we teach here is biomechanically correct exercise choices that are often age appropriate and also supposedly to be diagnosis appropriate. So what that means is this, you may have multiple diagnoses that would stop someone from wanting to be in a sexual relationship, A, because they may be in pain, right? And so that has a psychological effect on them. And again, that's, we have people who talk about that with them. However, my particular area is trying to figure out what is going on with them orthopedically, what can be done better through exercise by an add and delete program that's somewhat corrective through exercises and not using contraindicated ones. That being said, hopefully that leads to less use of medications. Because I don't know any medications, okay, that are treated for back pain that help people want to have sex. Would that be correct, Doc? And I don't know the etiology of why not, but I know this. People on opiates are typically not as enthused about that, okay? Would that be accurate? Yeah, I think what Frank does is particularly unique here at Pritikin because it's not physical therapy per se. It is really teaching what to do as well as, like he said, what not to do. What you do in your everyday life can actually prolong an injury. And I found that as an ex-tennis player um, where I played college and had some injuries, um, that some of the things I was doing around the house actually made pain worse. And you think, I'm not even working out. Why do I still hurt? And here you have Frank teaching about the biomechanics of the body and how something as simple as vacuuming, how you get in and out of your car, how you take your laundry out of the laundry basket and putting it from the washer to the dryer, all these little things that we do without even thinking. This has to do with whether or not your body is in good shape, not only to be able to work out, but to be able to enjoy your partner in a way that doesn't like grab you. So I think that biomechanical expertise that he brings is just second to none. It's just something that we can't reproduce. You don't find it anywhere else. And it's something that our guests really, really benefit from both in the lectures and on, you know, private teaching as he works to customize each individual person's ability to make the most of what their body is able to do comfortably. I think in a nutshell, that's why this is really an amazing opportunity for people to learn that they really wouldn't find anywhere else. You know, Doc. Um, it's the way it is. One thing you house. said that's a really important point that you said. And it's something I do say in my lectures. And that is that, yeah, my job is to design exercise that is supposedly orthopedically appropriate for this person at this stage in their life with whatever diagnosis they have. And the conversation we've had over these two decades was this. More often than not, I spend a real lot of time on the subjective part and listening to the person because you have to kind of unwind the individual and find out what has been re-triggering this. Why is this injury re-acute every so often? Why is this person still suffering? So just last night, we discussed the case this morning, okay, that we found that this person was doing uh, something with a very well-intentioned fitness person, but they were putting them into a biomechanical position of flexion. This person has a condition that orthopedics would know. It's called retrolisthesis. She should be avoiding flexion. So what she finds out is, excuse me, every time she exercises, she feels worse. So she doesn't want to do exercise. It's not that exercise is bad. It's that one of the things she did, one out of the nine, was the one that was sending her back. So what I always say is this. Me prescribing exercises is about this big. Finding out the wrong one that they've been doing is this big. So that's a big part of what we want to do here is determine contraindicated movements, exercises, activities 
that people should not be doing that's prolonging their need for medications, therapies, and palliative cares, which I think does not lead to quality of life or obviously to a healthy sex drive. Here at the Pritikin Center, it's like rainbows and unicorns. All you gotta do is show up and everything is planned and prepared for you. But when you get home, get ready for those lions and tigers and bears. Whether you're racing out the door to work and skipping breakfast or glued to the Zoom call and no time for lunch, or maybe you're in retirement and every day is a holiday. The solution, you need a plan. My name is Kara. I've been a registered dietitian for over 20 years and I've helped thousands of clients create sustainable plans that stick. At the Pritikin Center, we offer a one-to-one -one remote nutrition coaching program with me. Together, we will create a customized plan that addresses your lifestyle, your health markers, and any of those derailers that lead you astray. Support and accountability can be the difference between finding success and constantly chasing after it. Sign up today for more information about Pritikin at Home Concierge Nutrition Program. So at Pritikin, as you know, when we do our lower salt, which is by the way, normal for the body, because outside of learning about how much sodium is in the processed food that we're served pretty much every day, not things we put on, but things that are already in the food, that is one of the biggest reasons why people are on high blood pressure medicine, and that affects the artery and the damage to the inside of the artery. Well, we see that affect erectile dysfunction sometimes. Erectile dysfunction is actually not always normal part of aging. A lot of times it can be helped. I've been here about 20 years and I know you as well. Been here, we've seen a lot that I was not expecting to see in medical school and I didn't see in the hospital setting, but sure I've seen it here. You've seen something enough times, you know it's not a fluke, you know it's real. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind, I've seen erectile dysfunction reverse. The patients have shared it with me, their wives have shared it with me, and that is very encouraging for the public to know because I don't think with all the commercials advertising the drugs, it's ever brought across that, you know, if you change the food, if you work a little bit more on your movement, like you said, comfortable movement, and you actually work on sleep and reducing stress, a lot of the cardiovascular conditions or the stress-related conditions, a lot of those things can relax enough to the point where the blood flows and the body is able to regain some of its function. And this is the fun part, even though the person's older. I've had people say, I'm in better shape now in my 70s than when I first met you when I was in my 60s. And I know you've seen that as well. We have, especially with our people that do tend to come back every so often. And it's so enjoyable to take those histories. Uh, Doc, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you this question here. Um, opiates, they can have an adverse effect on... Sure, they're, they're no fun. Usually when you <clears throat> prescribe that, you're in a good bit of pain these days. We don't prescribe opiates lightly these days because they're, they're such a problem. They can cause difficulty with bowel movements. They can cause people just to not be their normal self. So definitely that can be a problem. And I think the algorithm, you know, that I tend to speak of in my lectures, and I think that once again, my area is just a subset of what we do on a grander scale, right? So I think the grander scale of Pritikin, if I'm not mistaken, is that if we delete the wrong things, or we add corrective things, hopefully we use less medications, and subsequently less iatrogenic effects of the medications, which adversely affect these areas, okay? So in my particular area, right, if we bring that back down to what I do, for example, if people have, let's say they have arthritic knees, 
So they're under, they're laboring under the misconception. They can't do cardio. Every time they walk, their knees hurt. No one said walking had to be the exercise. There are other exercises we can do that are unloaded, that are non-weight bearing. There are different things they can do to achieve cardiovascular wellness. And the reason for that, as it pertains to this subject, is this. If they are cardiovascular in good shape, hopefully they don't need, say, <clears throat> blood pressure meds. And my knowledge of blood pressure meds is that they can have a dramatic effect on erectile dysfunction. Would that be accurate? Mm -hmm. So here we link, here's, here's how the dots connect that we asked about earlier, was that structure affected the need for medication. Medication ends up with having an effect on this particular topic, right? So in essence, structure is linked to sexual wellness as well. Not to mention, if you don't feel good about how you look and you're not sure. exercising, I think any well-adjusted individual might find that that's a little bit of put off for themselves, okay? So in essence, if they're exercising correctly, I think that it has some cosmetic effects, some self-esteem effects. We know the metabolic ones, they're well-documented. And then we have the orthopedic ones where certain movements should not be performed, or I got a better idea. Let's strength train the body. So hopefully it can tolerate those movements better. And they don't just have to keep limiting what they do each decade of their lives. I've had some cases of um, patients that um, thought that the other wasn't interested in them anymore to the point where there might be another person involved. And in my office, we break down those barriers to where the patient said, well, actually, it has nothing to do with you. I'm hot from having hot flashes, and I don't feel good, and I don't want to disappoint you, so that's why I'm avoiding you. It's nothing to do with anybody else. And I've had the reverse happen where the gentlemen are like, I think my wife isn't in love with me anymore. Every time I try to get close to her, she pulls away, and it turns out she's saying, I don't feel good in my own body. I'm embarrassed. I don't want the light on. And all the time, it was just their physical uh, health or the way they felt, and they were uncomfortable sharing with each other. So the fact that they can recapture some of that is it's a beautiful thing. And myself not being in the counseling business, but what I do have is this. I even have clients, not from here, one in particular who told me this just recently, he shared a similar story, um, that he doesn't sleep in the same room as his wife because he's quite honestly, morbidly obese, and he does snore. So he ends up in a reclining chair in a different room. Now think about this. This program is about, hopefully, eliminating obesity, right? And so think about how this common denominator, how the obesity turns into sociology, right? Because now he's not even in the bed with his wife. There's not even there's exposure a, time, no pun intended. There's a lot there's less no chance. There's no exposure time, right? There's, there's, there's less chance that this is going to happen now, right? <laughs> They've been in different rooms now for a number of years, and my advice to him was, listen, you're telling me you're on three blood pressure meds, so you're not interested, okay? You're not capable. You're, you don't have um, intimate contact. You're not even together at those times, typically, right? So in essence, my point to him was, instead of just treating him for injuries, I'd rather you did this whole program, right? So that he would be metabolically sound and hopefully achieve his weight loss goals. And hopefully, as you guys are so successful at weaning him off blood pressure medications, as the need for them diminishes based on not adding all the toxic foods that he tends to eat in restaurants and quite honestly, fast foods as well that he eats. So that being said, I, I think that that is one of the links, and I think that's similar to what you're saying. And I took that history just yesterday. So this brings up another exciting thing that we've really gotten into, that sleep is a real cornerstone of health, and that when people are not sleeping as well, it, do, it also affects high blood pressure and heart, and it also affects our interest in exercise and eating healthy, and then it affects our obesity, because when you don't sleep well, you gain weight. That's a fact. So we, we actually now <clears throat> have really helped people with their sleep and they realize that, wow, this is a big part 
of whether or not I'm in the mood to begin with. So I'm very excited about um, the sleep education here and the ability that people have to actually test their sleep. We actually have the sleep studies. I don't know if your patients have talked to you about those. But, I have heard, yes. um, The sleeping in the other room with the chair, that doesn't always have to be the case because we can do something about the snoring and we can do something about the tiredness. We can actually protect a person's brain. People don't realize it, but when you're not sleeping well, it can cause your brain to have issues with memory. It can be a precursor to dementia. It actually affects a lot about the person's personality. When they're tired, you're almost a different person. Mm -hmm. So when we offer the sleep studies here and they find out they have something that's correctable, they're like, wow, I could actually come back into the bedroom and not keep the whole house awake. So we can reunite people. Um, and maybe there's ergonomic changes we want to make to the bed. You might have um, comments about that. I know that sleep position is very important, as is your posture during the daytime. Very much so. You know, sleeping ergonomics is a topic onto itself when it comes to neck and back and even shoulder pain. Uh, matter of fact, they even make shoulder pillows now with fresh relief. So sleeping ergonomics is a big part of it. But yes, very much so. And to your point, by the way, some of these new beds, and I always tell people, if there's one thing they should spend money on is a bed, okay? Because obviously quality of sleep being important for these metabolic reasons, but from my standpoint, for structural reasons as well, some of these beds achieve zero gravity positions and all the rest. And what that also does is it gives you a variability in body positions that you would not have on a conventional mattress. Okay. So right off the bat, I'm not a salesman for mattresses, but I would tell you this, <laughs> the ones that can lift and adjust and do different things, a, we, we teach that that's great for, um, for backs in general. I said, and listen, you might want to need a different bed, but now we have another reason to need it because actually, again, it provides other ergonomic positions and body positions that may make something comfortable that would otherwise be uncomfortable, which difference between wanting to do it and not wanting to do it, right? So I think that's one of the um, structural reasons that sleep is so important. And I would encourage people, I know you do too, to talk to their doctor, their orthopedic, their physical therapist, to bring the subject up and get into the details of what feels good and what doesn't. When people don't talk, we can't find solutions because we don't know what the problem is. Well, I think what's lacking out there in, in the field of allopathic orthopedics is this. You know, I think, and I understand it because I've, I've straddled both worlds. I've had the luxury of being in the concierge world like this, where we could sit there and I could spend hours with a person discussing from A to Z what goes on with them. As a clinician, couldn't do that. You really have to have more visits per hour, in which case we don't get into this. And I think that's one of the virtues of here. And one of the reasons I enjoy coming here is because I have an opportunity to share 35, 36 years of experience with a person. And we have a long back and forth. And this is not chit chat. It's actually, you're trying to determine what's limiting this person why are they here in the first place? How can I be helpful to them? Well, if I don't know those variables, I'm not going to be able to help them as much. And should they be <clears throat> inclined to mention sex, we might want to have that discussion, particularly when it comes to back patients, because different back injuries have different contraindications or movements that we should not do, and we encourage them not to do it. So they right away, it's an all or none. Now they think they can have sexual relations because they have this problem. So one of the things that's special about Pritikin is the amount of time that you get to spend with one of the professionals. I know that uh, a lot of times doctors complain that they don't get a lot of face-to-face -face time. And uh, with the doctors here, we get to have a good 45 minutes. That's almost unheard of. I know you spend a lot of time with the guests too, which is very um, different than a typical physical therapy experience. So I'm very excited that we have this 
opportunity here that I've not seen anywhere else, which is why I come here. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I've been extremely um, excited about the way that we practice medicine here and the way that this program is medically supervised. We all work together as a team, whether it's the nutrition department, the exercise department, our behavioral health department, our sleep, even our cooking school. It's such a immersion experience where people get it all in a one-stop shop, which is definitely the way the fast-paced society needs it these days to make it all fit. And the way that you do that outside of your home, you're not distracted by your job, hopefully, and your family, you're here for a health vacation just for you. And this is where some of these topics become really easier to discuss and solve these problems because this is just the environment that's nurturing. Very true. And, and time is a key point, you know, and I have to tell you, I think whenever you've been in the service industry, you know one thing. Um, time is inverse of quality. In other words, if you don't have a lot of time with your, your client, your patient, you can be just so good because the time is a limiting factor. And unfortunately, you know, um, medicine is still for profit. And my profession of physical therapy is often now looked upon as a, a, a revenue generating center, be it in a hospital or for corporate healthcare or whatever, or even if you're in private business, but you have to pay your rent, right? And your, your, your reimbursements are not what they used to be. So what happens is people just multiply the visits. And in the end, these type of subject matters are never brought up because of that, because the model they're in. So we're in a model where we have the luxury as former clinicians, okay, to sit there and discuss from A to Z what's going on with them. When I set up exercise, I wonder if they hike, do they ski, do they play tennis? Because I want sport-specific exercises to what they want them to do. There's a neurological component to that. There's a structural component to that. There's ratios of strength that have to do with that. But this is also an activity, okay? And that should also be considered in this whole thing. So it is an important one, hopefully, to people. And in essence, we want to discuss all the things that can affect that. And overall, there's a lot of overlap because the common denominator of being structurally sound has a couple of basic things. And posture is one, but it's misunderstood because most people think of posture kind of from the top down, but it's not. Posture begins at the foot. So any good podiatrist will tell you, when the second a person hits the ground with their foot, you have 206 bones, they move. And as they move, they move in response to ground reaction forces. So we want to set up exercise programs that address the individual's postural deviations, ratios of strength, that allows them to be healthier overall, which has some how would you say, carry over to all areas of activities, but in this one in particular, because the spine tends to be one that can really limit people's ability to either want to or even be able to have sexual relationships. Thank you for listening to the Healthier Everyday Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. If you're interested in learning more about the Pritikin Longevity Center and how the physician-led team of wellness professionals have been helping people for almost 50 years, visit Pritikin.com. That's P-R-I-T-I-K-I-N.com.